0: All right, welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of September 17th, 2022, from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. And in uh, recent episodes of the Counter Vortex podcast, we've been going around the world talking about Ukraine and Syria and guerrilla insurgencies in remote parts of India. But tonight, we're going to bring the discussion back home to my neighborhood. Because the uh, you know last couple of years that I've been doing this podcast, uh, I always open it with a dateline, so to speak, identifying the date and location of the recording in old-school journalistic fashion. And I always say, from my apartment, I'm Manhattan's Lower East Side. But uh, some people say, no, Weinberg, you're not on the Lower East Side. You're in the East Village, or worse yet, in NoHo. But the geographical entity that I relate to is the Lower East Side. and. To explain why, I'm going to read a piece that I just wrote exploring this question for what will hopefully be a new East Village neighborhood newspaper to uh, be coming together shortly. More about that later. The uh, piece has a working title of What is the East Village? The Nomenclature Controversies. Or, since we assume that anyone reading it will be actually in the East Village, or whatever you want to call it, perhaps we'll simply call it, Where Am I? Anyway, to commence reading, what geographically constitutes the East Village? And what is the nature of its association with that related entity, the Lower East Side? These are actually slightly controversial questions. You will note that today's tourist maps, as well as Google Maps, show the East Village as stretching from 14th Street in the north to Houston Street in the south, east of 3rd Avenue slash Bowery, with the Lower East Side starting south of Houston. Yet Avenue C, stretching precisely the length of the area now defined as the East Village, that is, from 14th Street to Houston, is named Loisida Avenue for the Latinoization of Lower East Side, popularized by Puerto Ricans in the 1970s. What explains? this discrepancy. For some perspective on this dilemma, it is useful to go back to the very beginning. The earliest names for what is now the East Village LES, Lower East Side, are those of the Canarsie tribes of the Lenape indigenous people, who give Manhattan Island its name. They rendered it as Manahata, meaning hilly island. The Canarsie inhabited a Shempos village along what is now 2nd Avenue north of 10th Street. What is today Stuyvesant Place, which runs diagonally to the grid, you will note, was a Lenape Trail connecting Shempois to Kintakoying a meeting place for several trails and a trading and gathering spot located just where Astor Place is today. Two of those trails were what are now the Bowery and Broadway, which also runs diagonally to the grid and was the major Lenape artery through the island. These ancient trails today paved streets and avenues still do not conform to the grid because they predate it. That is, um, Stuyvesant Place, which is just a little street of one block, and Broadway, which even now is the central artery of Manhattan, do not conform to the grid. Further south, the village of Rechtanik stood along what is now Clinton Street, below Houston. This was actually then near the waterfront, as much of what lies to the east, including East River Park, would be built on landfill after World War II. After the arrival of the Dutch in 1624, most of this area was incorporated into the sprawling slave labor plantation of Peter Stuyvesant, governor of the Colony of New Amsterdam, the walled urban core of which stood in what is now Battery Park in the Financial District. The earliest recorded European name for lands within what is now the East Village slash LES is Brandt Mule Point, or Burnt Mill Point. A mill built by Stuyvesant on a riverfront promontory was struck by lightning and burned down, the tale goes. It is believed to have been near where the Con Edison plant at 13th Street and Avenue C is today. Urbanization crept up the Bowery from the Dutch Bowery, or farm, from the New Amsterdam settlement at the southern tip of Manhattan. This continued after the Dutch were booted by the British in 1664, and New Amsterdam became New York. But it was only in the 1820s, two generations after the English had been booted in the Revolution, that the area east of Bowery was brought into the grid. This was the period immortalized in the book and film Gangs of New York, when newly arrived Irish and German immigrants were pitted in a violent struggle for turf against the city's Anglo elite and its proletarian foot soldiers. The Bowery was actually an important dividing line. The area to the west, today mostly covered by the No-Ho Historic District, was the fashionable seat of the city's wealthy, the Astors, Delanoes, and Vanderbilts. That to the east, turning swampy and malarial as it sloped toward the river, was a squalid slum. The name most associated with this era is the notorious Five Points, which was actually immediately to the south of the area under discussion, covering what is today Chinatown. It was named for the five streets that converged on Paradise Square, the scene of deadly rumbles in Gangs of New York, and today Columbus Park, the hub of Chinatown, although obviously named for the Italian community, which once extended down that way from Little Italy across Canal Street to the north. I will interject that in the middle of Columbus Park is a statue of Sun Yat-Sen, and I really wish that the city would just rename it Sun Yat-Sen Park, the name Columbus Park being somewhat embarrassingly anachronistic. But I digress. Returning to the text into the 1820s, What is now the East Village, slash LES, was then called Dry Dock. It was really a northern extension of Five Points, but was named for the shipbuilding industry, then established along the East River waterfront. All the neighborhood's working-age men, mostly Irish and German, were employed there. It was also the northernmost part of the grid, which at that time still did not extend above 14th Street. Beyond that, it was all still farms, fields, and manors. As recently as the 1990s, there was a tri Savings Bank that served the neighborhood. It has today been absorbed into the Emigrant Bank, which operates local branches under the name Apple Bank. I actually used to have an account at Emigrant Bank before it changed its name to Apple Bank. Before I opened up an account with the Lower East Side Credit Union, Uh, But again, (laughs) that was an interjection returning to the text. The following decades saw repeated riots and uprisings centered on Tompkins Square Park, which opened in 1834. An economic crash in 1857 threw thousands of dry dock laborers out of work overnight, sparking riots by the unemployed that November. July 1863, 1863, saw the famous Civil War draft riots, which were the climax of the movie Gangs of New York. Actually, an armed rebellion that had to be put down by hardened soldiers, fresh from the Battle of Gettysburg. In 1874, history repeated itself, and a financial crash again shut down Dry Dock, sparking a riot in Tompkins Square that January. That time, the shipbuilding industry never recovered. It was finished. So after that, the neighborhood was no longer called Dry Dock. For a while, it was called Klein Deutschland, Little Germany. But there is a strange cycle of New York City history, which is really still going on today, in which the older immigrants feel superior to and threatened by the newer ones. Anglo and Dutch fear of the Irish and German underclass drove the violence of the Gangs of New York era, but the Irish and Germans themselves would feel threatened by those who followed them. This first played itself out in Five Points, when Cantonese laborers followed the transcontinental railroad they had helped build from San Francisco to New York. As they started moving in, in the 1870s, the Irish moved out, and Five Points became the first Chinatown on the East Coast. At this same time, Jews and Italians began arriving in what was still called Little Germany, later followed by Poles, Ukrainians, and Hungarians. The Germans started moving out, up Manhattan's east side to Yorkville, which became the new Klein Deutschland. After that, the area became known simply as the Lower East Side, meaning the Lower East Side of Manhattan Island, most of which was rapidly brought into the grid in the industrial boom after the Civil War. The Lower East Side was then a much larger entity than it is commonly conceived as today, encompassing everything from 14th Street to Chinatown and from 3rd Avenue slash Bowery to the East River, but numerous smaller entities began to emerge within it, taking on their own identities. After World War II, the Puerto Ricans started arriving, later followed by Dominicans and other Latin Americans. This arrival, of course, precipitated the predictable tensions with the neighborhoods Jews, Italians, and Slavs, who started moving out of the area. East of Avenue A. The Puerto Ricans eventually began calling that area Loisida. In 1966, seemingly out of nowhere, the hippies started arriving. White teenage kids running away from suburban homes and establishing a counterculture enclave parallel to that in San Francisco's Haight Ashbury. They also gave the area a new name, the East Village. Immediately prior to this, the beatniks and Bohemians, priced out of Greenwich Village by rising rents, started moving into the Lower East Side. This is what gave the area the cachet that attracted the hippies, along with the cheap rent. Memorial Day, 1967, saw yet another Tompkins Square riot, sparked by the police attempt to break up a spontaneous and noisy hippie gathering in the park. After the 1967 riot, things got a lot more tense in the neighborhood. The politics got harsher as openly revolutionary groups began to emerge, like the Black Panthers and their Puerto Rican equivalent, the Young Lords. Even the hippies began to form their own hippie anarchist street-fighting gangs like the notorious up-against-the-wall motherfuckers. Yes, that's what they were called. In the urban crisis of the 1970s, the area saw a steep decline, hit hard by landlord abandonment and arson. Dangerous drugs flooded, especially the blocks east of Avenue A. This area, Avenues A through D, was then known by the edgy moniker Alphabet City. With the gentrification of the 1980s and 90s, rents soared as did co-op and condo conversion. And the so-called yuppies started moving in, the young, upwardly mobile urban professionals. This arrival was bitterly opposed by the young anarchists and squatters who had started taking over the abandoned buildings of Alphabet City. Tensions that exploded into the Tompkins Square Riot of August 1988 and three years of subsequent unrest in the neighborhood. At this time, the real estate industry started to drop the now stigmatized name Lower East Side, and especially wanted a new name for the area east of Avenue A, the monikers Side and Alphabet City, having the wrong associations The industry took up the name East Village for everything above Houston Street. While Lower East Side evoked crime, poverty, and cockroaches, East Village now evoked hipsters, art galleries, and overpriced coffee. It should be noted that before this, Avenue A served as something of a border, with the East Village to the west, and Loïsida, or Alphabet City, to the east. But at this time, Loïsida slash Alphabet City was annexed into what can be called a Greater East Village, which is why the contemporary maps show the Lower East Side as starting below Houston. But Avenue C, the main drag of the Puerto Rican community, although less so post-gentrification, is still dubbed Lower East Sider Avenue, and hosts the Lowy East Sider Street Festival every May, testament to the reality that the area above Houston was at least once a part of the Lower East Side. And us old-timers say it still is. There are other sub-entities within the Greater East Village pre-gentrification The area along the Bowery was known as The Bowery, and it was synonymous with drunks and punks. It hosted both the really down-and-out alcoholic homeless population and CBGB, the club that was the legendary birthplace of punk rock in the 1970s. Today, the homeless have been swept out. CBGB is 15 years gone and the area on the west side of Bowery is now called Noho, north of Houston, its new gentrified name. This antebellum seat of the elites had become a light industrial area after the Civil War as the rich moved up to Park Avenue. It was also hard hit in the abandonment of the urban blight era, and is now, ironically, returning to its former status as an upscale haven. The area along 2nd Avenue from 7th to 9th Streets is the heart of the neighborhood's Ukrainian community and has long been informally known as Little Ukraine, although since the war began this year, Google Maps has acknowledged it and decided to dub it the Ukrainian Village. Along 6th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenues, a block-long row of Indian restaurants gave that strip the name Little India, although the proprietors were mostly from Bangladesh. Little India is today a shadow of its former self, with only a few of the original restaurants surviving. Also in decline is the Italian enclave around 1st Avenue and 10th Street, which was once a kind of second Little Italy. Vignero's Pastry Shop is a surviving relic of this community. Alas, also in decline is the Japanese Cultural Hub along 9th Street and Stuyvesant Place, east of 3rd Avenue. But these smaller entities, including the East Village itself, can be seen as constituent pieces of the Lower East Side by its original conception, which some old-timers still think of as a kind of greater Lower East Side. In the South, the Lower East Side has a ragged border bleeding into Chinatown, which is expanding as the Lower East Side retreats the Dominican and Orthodox Jewish communities in this southern extremity of the neighborhood shrinking through attrition. This is especially evident on the southernmost block of Eldridge Street, just before it runs into Division Street. Division used to be the border with Chinatown, but now that block seems entirely inhabited by recently arrived Fujianese immigrants. There is a very telling contrast to be seen on that block. The Eldridge Street Synagogue, once the pride of the city's Jewish community with resplendent Moorish architecture, is now a museum and on the National Registry of Historic Places, preserved in vitro, so to speak. It is right next door to a storefront Buddhist temple, which is very much in vivo. It is playing the same role in the community today that the synagogue played in the 1880s, anchoring recent immigrants in the old country culture. With the wave of gentrification sweeping in from the West, the East Village has lost the hipster cachet it enjoyed in the late 80s and 90s. The pattern of yuppies following hipsters that was set in the East Village slash LES in that era, has since jumped the river to Brooklyn. Just as the old Lower East Side became the new East Village, we have since seen Williamsburg become Billyburg, its new hipster name, and Bushwick become East Williamsburg. Already, this process can now be seen crossing the Brooklyn-Queens border from Bushwick to Ridgewood. Ridgewood now being the uh, up-and-coming hipster enclave in the city. But the spark of authentic alternative culture that gave the East Village slash LES its spirit can still be seen in the many community gardens, the squatter buildings that have since the 90s become legal homesteads, and institutions such as the New Yorican Poets' Café, And the Museum of Reclaimed Urban Space, which documents much of the neighborhood's history. Okay, my uh, latest piece, which will hopefully be appearing in print in a new community newspaper to be tentatively called the Shady Times, (laughs) and uh, just mentioning the Museum of Reclaimed Urban Space or Morris, just remember that I do uh, a radical history walking tour of the Lower East Side from the Museum of Reclaimed Urban Space. Every Saturday and Sunday at 3 p.m., just be there. Just be at the Morris in C-Squad, a legalized squatter building established back in the 1980s. We're um, in the ground floor storefront, 155 Avenue C between 9th and 10th Streets. Just be there any Saturday or Sunday at 3 p.m. and uh, take my tour. 20 bucks a kid, but you'll have um, around 90 minutes of um, really didactic fun. You'll learn a lot, and you'll see some beautiful gardens, etc. And we can work out a special deal for group tours. Just be in touch. Okay, one thing I should clarify here for those who really want to be exacting... Alright, I'm not going to reveal, obviously, my exact address, but I will say that I live in what is now considered no-ho, that is, between Bowery to the East and Broadway to the West. And as stated, that was traditionally not a part of the Lower East Side, because as I say, the Bowery, that is, the street rather than the district, was a kind of border and to some extent still is today. For instance, Community Board 3 in the East Village to the east, Community Board 2 in NoHo to the west, Council District 1, Carlina Rivera's district to the east, Council District 2, the newly elected progressive Christopher Marte to the west, although his district swoops back east to the south and takes in much of the old Lower East Side, or rump Lower East Side, so to speak, and Chinatown. But yes, up here, in my neck of the woods, the Bowery remains even today a kind of a border. But it was much more of a border back 150 years ago or more, when what is now NoHo was then very upscale and across Bowery, very proletarian. But by the time I moved in here at the height of the Lower East Side Uprising, or Loisida Intifada, as we called it in the late 1980s, it wasn't yet Noho, it was still the Bowery. The whole area was called the Bowery on both sides of the Bowery. And the area to the west at that time was very run down. A strange mixture of decaying, increasingly abandoned light industrial outlets alongside faded architectural relics from the Antebellum period, which have since been mostly incorporated into the Noho historic district. But back then, in fact, it was much sketchier than the East Village immediately to the East. So even though it wasn't affected by the unrest, which was largely confined to the Alphabet City area, I still thought of it as a part of the Lower East Side. And I think a lot of locals at that time saw the greater Lower East Side as extending to Broadway and taking in both sides of the Bowery. Now, what's happened since then, ironically, is that NoHo, formerly the Bowery, has become very fashionable and is again, after a century and a half, very upscale, apart from some rent-controlled holdouts, like myself, hanging on like barnacles. And it is once again actually more upscale than the East Village across the Bowery, although they're both pretty upscale at this point. Uh, So anyway, that's why I still feel justified in saying that I am ranting here on the Counter Vortex podcast from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. So, this has been Bill Weinberg with the Counter-Vortex. Please check us out online at countervortex.org. Support us on Patreon. Join the Counter-Vortex. Join the Resistance. And rant on you next time.